This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Striking Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we're going to talk about bass fishing. We got an in-studio guest today, Alabama's yeah. Justin Hamner. What's happening? Northport. Northport. Northport, Just go Alabama. With Tuscaloosa. Okay, so Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, making the drive down to over. Is it? It's mainly. Is it over and a little bit south? Uh, no, it's over and a little bit north. Make sure you're talking into that microphone. Yeah, like make love to it. Is yeah, that what it is. We had okay. this in the pre in the pre show meeting yeah, to sorry. to talk into the. Microphone. That was a heck of a meeting. It was. Like we got a like a whole list of things we're about to go yeah, over. We talked. Um, no, actually, you have no idea what we're going to Not talk a about. clue. I actually have. I actually put, put down a little bit of a, a list. But uh, one of the nice things about having uh, the bass tank, uh, who rigs my boat, you have Scott from the bass tank in all the time. Is you got guys who uh, fish at the top level who have their stuff rigged. So we had Gleason in studio last month uh, when he was getting uh, his rig rigged. And you made the drive from Alabama, dropped the boat off at the bass tank last night it's getting rigged today so you had a little bit of time to kill so yeah that that says something when you drive 10 hours and that serious storm we just went through was it bad dude it was rough and i got blue all over that road mm -hmm. yesterday oh my god 18 wheelers if there's a way to avoid 40 when you're coming over here please let me know that's uh, i-40 yeah oh we hate that drive in oklahoma like oh, it's, it's a great it's great road but it is uh, heavy heavy traffic all yeah. all the way and then from basically like here you go you hear it like i mean 40s right here yeah. and then you jump on that and you go all the way through uh into arkansas past arnell over to memphis and it's just a straight yeah. shot like the between little rock and memphis that that's the part that got me yeah Dude, that that stretch sucked yeah. but yeah made the drive all the way over here all my stuff done right just want to take it to the bass tank let scott dig around in there make sure we get it set up i can't wait to go fishing i'm just ready to go fishing what are we uh what are you having done this year so uh, obviously this year is kind of it's going to be like christmas morning for the tech guys when the elite series and the bpt kicks off but mainly i've heard a lot more on the elite series of just crazy rumors of six transducers <laughs> uh seven screens all sorts of crazy stuff going on like what is your setup going to be this year you yeah. room with a lot of guys who are big on scope too oh yeah you know rooming with patrick i mean me and him we go we go hard with scope but i'm not changing it up much this year the only thing i am adding is another transduce so you know last year i just had the one you know live scope mm-hmm I'm going to add another one, so I'll have two, so I can have the perspective mode. So I guess I will have three up front, two in the back, but not doing any more in the back or anything like that. So I'll just have the two. And then run facing. one continuously in perspective yep. and one continuously in forward. Yep. 
that's the only change up we got you're not doing uh any like the i don't know it's i call it the saltwater transducer that's what everyone started calling it but i am you are i'm excited about that what is the model of that uh 62 lvs 62 and it's giant so it's huge. the actual transducer is bigger than like the LVS 34 that it you is, normally are. You, that it's like wants. the size of my head. Really? It is big. So where do you like, mount that? I mount it on the trolling motor. On the shaft? Yep. So that'll be on the shaft. And then the 34 is going to be like on the barrel of the trolling motor. So do you run the 60? What is it again? 62. So do you run the 62 in perspective or do you run yeah. that one in forward? Be running that one in perspective. Now, I might, like, when we get up north, got a little few things that played with it last year. It was pretty cool because you, you can see realistically 300, 350 foot out. In perspective? In, no, no, no. In, in forward. In the forward. Yeah. So, when I go up there, I probably will switch it to forward. So, I'll have that one for forward to see, like, 300, 350 and you're not getting the detail. Like, don't you're just telling there's think, something out there. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a ball of bait out there. Every once in a while, like, if it was a crazy school of like 20 or 30, you could kind of see them. But mainly, you're just like looking for balls of baits, structure, something like that. And then, and then I'll have the 34, you know, still set on like 110, 120 to really, you know, dial it in and actually fish with that one. So last year, you guys went to St. Clair. Yep. And that's where that really kind of yeah, shined. It was, it was, I didn't have it yet. Then. You didn't have it yet, but didn't I, a bunch of guys there have it? And there is that, that's the deal where you use the 62 to see something 300 yeah. feet out. Then you kick it on high bypass, shoot up to where you can get it within that's range right. of the 34, then pick that fish up with yeah. the 34 and scope it close range. Champlain, I think is, that's where I know I use, utilize it like big time because we were literally you had it just at Champlain? Yeah, had it at Champlain. So you didn't have it. You heard about it. You said, I got to have it. Yeah. And then put it on yeah. three quarters of the way through the year. Yeah. So all I had it for was Champlain and St. Lawrence. And it was, it's, it's legit. It's basically the difference between half a football field and a football field and a half, right? 50 uh, yards would be 150 feet. Yeah. So yeah, the, that's about right. I'm, I'm not good at math. math. Don't be throwing right. that. 300 feet would be 100 <laughs> yards if there's three yeah. feet to a yard. Yeah. But my problem was last year, I was having to switch just back and forth on my one graph. Between yeah, I know that's perspective like a and forward? Problem. Yeah. See, so, that's what I'm so now have I'll have to do the three in the opens this year. I just called Scott and was like, hey, I, I got to get perspective. Like, I've, I've recently seen the power of perspective mode. Yeah. So the 62, like... With me, whenever I would try to use like the 34 on perspective, it'd be like 50, maybe 60 foot that mm -hmm. you could actually see a clearish picture. But with that saltwater, I like 100 foot on perspective. And then pretty clear. You can be like, so instead of having two degrees or three degrees, whatever the beam is on the 34, you now have the 60 degrees basically or 40, 30 degrees. Yeah. And then so you can pan your scope pan like that and yep. then like let's say you see one over here then you can zone in on it on the right and i think it's more for like structure you're mm -hmm. finding structure on that perspective like I'm... a rock a grass clump a Correct. brush pile yep hey there's a stump over there turn over there towards it and actually have the forward to really dial it in 
I know everybody hates forward facing sonar. But no, I mean, I, I mean, if I you like bass, I don't want to get into fish. that talk today. I want to yeah, get into like, don't. I mean, we'll we'll talk about <laughs> the fish catching part. That's what yeah. I'm interested in. Like, I like that. that. I mean, I get I get sometimes comments that are like, well, Matt just asked questions, so he could get his stuff dialed that he i asked stuff that i want to know because i'm interested yeah. in it and this is something that i'm very interested if you in. want to catch more fish this is a legit setup and and it doesn't affect like your your little micro adjustments on the trolling motor having that big giant deucer on it no no that garmin trolling motors okay so you're running the yeah is it the force you can't even tell yeah the force you, you can't tell the difference only difference is it's heavy when you pick it up yeah and clint wants to know no uh or no a bunch of guys want to know no interference at all slightly there is slightly you'll you'll so on your 34 you will have it just like that i guess whenever it shoots out you'll have that one beam just kind of go across but it's for what you're getting it's worth it is would you say well you've been on the elite series five years now four years this will be four this will be your fourth year congrats i mean you've made it kind of over the hump everyone says you know your first year you survive the second year you figure out if you catch them if you make it past three years then you can start thinking about it as a career that second year was rough for me uh yeah so we made it i mean would you say this off season has been the most top secret season amongst professional anglers as far as what everybody's running and what everybody's rigging. Like I've I've had a lot of discussions with guys who are like, no, don't tell anybody, but this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and then the next guy, and then you know, like they think it's like the the you know what is that saying? The cat's meow. They think it's like the deal. And then yeah. the next guys the like the get the next guys like I don't know how those guys and they're like well I'm going with and then you're like holy cow and then you hear of the guy who's running yeah. six transducers with six black boxes on three on either side of the inside of the rod locker and you're like okay like is this kind of like a dude I, I feel like that's just gonna confuse a lot of people I know that would confuse it would be like I don't know that's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. At what point are you like actually fishing and figuring this out? Are you allowed to talk to bass or or to talk about what bass has told you guys about how they're treating this year as far as monitoring and figuring out what they're going to do in 2025 and beyond as far as maybe some limitations or rules? I don't think they've told us like to not say anything mm-hmm. what what have so, they said then like what's... like so this year is going to be like kind of like their learning year if that makes sense they're going to go through every one of our boats and uh at the first tournament and like mark down how many transducers we're running what we're using them for you know how many forward facing transducers all that and then i think they're going to do like every top 10 see those guys go back to their boat see how much they used it like how many fish were caught using them and reevaluate i guess is the best way to put it at the end of the year it's a interesting dynamic because you know bass has premier and title sponsors for multiple different yeah. electronics companies so i would imagine they have to walk a fine line between promoting the electronics companies regardless whether it's uh johnson outdoors or Lawrence, Garmin, any of those. Yeah. And then potentially saying, hey, we're going to limit this because if I'm, 
one of those three companies. I mean, I want these things to be like galactic spaceships. Yeah, because right. I want I want to sell twelve of them for boat. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's a weird deal that I think that they're having a fight, and I think that's why we're still, you know, fishier all out. I think they're really just waiting for it to die. You think down. guys are going overboard this year from Absolutely. what you've heard just because they know it might be the last year that they get to just kind of have free reign over it? I don't think it's that. I think it's more of like they're trying to keep up with the Jones. That makes sense. There's like, like FOMO, oh, fear if, of missing out. Like yeah, you're the guy who only has one. If, if Vegeta's got six, like, oh, we're going to have six just to compete, which I think is dumb. But I don't know. I think that's what it is. You room with uh, Cobb. Let me see if I get this right. Cobb, yep. the baby shark, yep. Clint Davis, yep. and Patrick Walters. That's a heck of a crew. Is Clint always grumpy? He always seems grumpy to me. I don't know, really know him personally. I just knew him a little no. bit when he fished for Montevallo. <laughs> and uh, and then obviously, you know, he's he's got a, a championship under his belt. Yeah. Uh, but just he always just he seems like that guy they, who you say hi to in the morning and he just goes, <clears throat> Get it hops in the boat. Am I did I totally mis misjudge that? <laughs> that is the farthest thing from really Clint. like should he I have him on the show? Teddy... Yeah, dude. Clint is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Like I didn't say it was mean, I just assumed yeah, no, he just seems like that grumpy. guy who like you say hi to him and he's just oh, like no. get out of my way, I'm on my way to go out to the lake. No, I mean can you get where I would under where I would get that from? Yeah, probably because he's still hung over a little bit or something, <laughs> maybe, but he'll knock him back. But uh no dude, Clint. He's the like most easy going, laid back, just happy go lucky, happy to be here. He'll tie on a like three rods before practice ever starts. Show up to the tournament, like this is probably what I'm gonna catch him on. He's gonna throw those three rods regardless. So he goes it in with a preconceived notion and then just yeah. rides that all the way. Rides it all the way home. Interesting because cracks me up. We'll all be rigging for like five hours. Look over and Clint's just sitting back, just laughing and smiling. Now, I would think Cobb would be like that, too, because it seems like Cobb throws like three things. Like he's always got yeah. like a wacky worm, some sort of a, a wacky worm, a buzz bait. Yeah, and I mean, like he, Cobb has his things that he knows he's good at and he doesn't overcomplicate things. But at the same time, that is the smartest, most I'm not going to say analytical, but he's like the smartest fisherman I think I've ever been around as far as like just learning the fish, how they want that wacky worm. Dude, it's crazy. I, I don't know how much I can tell about his Everyone kind of has their own so, little, their own little thing, right? Yeah. Like it's interesting. Like your group, everyone has like their own little niche that's kind of their, their jam. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, Cobb and Shane, they work together like hardcore. So it's pretty much like they tell each other any, everything. Me and Patrick kind of have that same deal going on. Patrick's just way better. Um, what makes him better, in your opinion? His his mentality. So it's all in, in between the ears. It's yeah. not the actual like fishing ability. It's all his mentality when he dumps the boat in the water. Yeah, I, I feel like when you get to this point, like at the Elite Series, the fishing ability... Dude, everybody can catch him, but between the ears is where it goes down. He thinks he is going to catch 30 pounds 
doesn't matter what happened Sabine in practice. River, Lake St. Clair, it doesn't, Thousand, it doesn't matter where you guys yeah. are. That and how quick he makes decisions is ridiculous. I mean, he'll pull up, make three casts, and like, this ain't it today. He might have like caught like 20 pounds off this spot in practice, roll up to the, what was it, Mississippi River last year? Yep. Had a spot that he was like, dude, I'm I'm going to crack them there. Rolls up to it first thing that morning. I think he said he made two casts, caught like a 10-incher. He's like, ah, some didn't feel right. Completely bails. How do you do that? You talk about Cobb being dominant. Uh, I, uh, back in the earlier days of BTO, we always had him on like before he was the Brandon Cobb. He was just this dude who dominated. I mean, dominated like uh, Savannah River, South Carolina BFLs. Like, try this on for size. Like, you know how hard it is to have, have a top ten finish. I don't care what oh, yeah. what tournament you're in. So he fished 105 FLW events. 32 top 10s. Good God. So one out of every three times he launched his boat. Top 10. He top 10. That's stout. That's really strong. <laughs> that is stout. And then didn't he win like two or three elites one year? That year he won on. Yeah. I know. He, fork, didn't he and win like. Walters has gone on a couple back runs. To back. Yeah. <laughs> Walters just impresses me. But look at his AOI finishes. What is his. What's his lowest on that one? Sorry to throw that one no, at it's you. it's all good. Thankfully, uh, my mom uh, made me do typing tutor when I was a kid. Oh, that's so cute. I, I, I type a lot of words per minute. It's impressive. <laughs> it is. Uh, his angler of the year finishes. Oh, it doesn't have it. It doesn't have it per year on there. Oh, yeah, you got to go through like every year. I mean, you don't have to look lower than seventh, I think. Yeah, everything is. He doesn't have any many tanks. Like they're all, you know, bad tournament is like a fifties. Yeah, no. So like they send out at the end of the year, basically like everyone's AOI average. So that's to determine like if you need to step it up the next yeah, year. That's like the, the requalify. Yeah, which is good. I I commend Bass for doing that because in past years, I remember like Carl Jacobson was fishing like towards the end of a year and had no clue like just. 12 pound limit get me requalified yeah do i have to catch 20 See, pounds am i fishing like am i out of it like he didn't know and he had right. like a tournament left so i think it's important especially if you're fishing at the top level you need to know like where the hell you are yeah in the standings because that kind of changes what you do how many risks you take yeah for sure but so they send that out and um it was either three or four was his aoi average <laughs> like yeah what <laughs> that, that that's great now that is one drop Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he dropped a seventh place. That's crazy. Oh, you're past the. You, do you get to drop now? Next year. I feel like that's my hump. You get. Uh, I get to go. Over. How does that work then? Every every five years, you get to drop your worst angler of the year yep. finish. Yep. Now you had a strong year this year. Yeah, this year was good. Yeah. Besides the Sabine. Oh, the Sabine. Oh, is that just because you couldn't scope, or is that a, oh, no, is that I a thought mental I block? I, here's one thing. Never think you're going to win a tournament. Like, I told everybody I was going to win that tournament, and that was stupid. I had a, I had a really good practice, like really good, I thought. So I roll up in this spot. Dude, it was on the, was it, the Natchez River. Haven't caught anything, like, on the rest of the entire river. 
I roll up in this backwater like pond, find it. It's got hydrilla. Haven't seen hydrilla anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And there's like a four foot deep like channel that winds through it on low tide. So all that hydrilla flat like funneled down into that little creek so channel. Had nowhere else to go. It was dumb. Well, I roll in there with the buzz bait going down that edge, catch like a one pound bass. So then, yeah, it's a giant. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they call a Sabine River kicker. Yeah. So then I'm rolling through there and I see like giant weight coming up behind it and it just rolls on it. I'm like, nope, not setting the hook on that. Like four more like that. Just like really big when they caught like one or two other little bass. I was like, man, I'm going to blow this out. I don't know how long it can last, but mm-hmm. if it can last, this is gonna, I'm going to win. <laughs> Roll in there, and I had a redfish beatdown, son. It was phenomenal. Oh, they, they weren't bass. It was not bass. Should have set the hook on one of them. Did in the tournament, and yeah. That first day, I think I had three pounds. And how many redfish did you catch? Like seven. Oh, my eight. gosh. They were crushing that buzz bait. I've never heard of redfish a... eating buzzbait. Me neither. <laughs> but would they come and, found... and and like porpoise on it, or would they blow oh, no. up on it? Like it a would large be one? like you'd see the weight coming, and then it would just be the blow up. It was it was actually pretty fun. If you weren't fishing for a hundred grand and trying to grand. make a living doing yeah. it, yeah, I think I finished like ninety second in that one. Ninetieth, yeah, nine worst. pounds, twelve ounces. It's like the only tournament you didn't cash a check in this entire worst year. Finish of my career. Yeah. How long? I mean, after how many did you realize I'm totally screwed? Like after how well, many? Well, that was fish? the problem. So I had to wait for tide to get low. Oh, so you were like, oh, Dude, they'll suck it down, yep. and then the bass will start biting. So then you were pot committed by the time yep. you realized it was too late. At twelve o'clock, it finally like started to go to low tide because we had that weird wind or something. So tide was taking longer. So yeah, twelve o'clock finally starts dropping. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna crack them now. I cracked them. I remember when I was covering the Elite Series, one of the last times, so it would have been 17, 18, somewhere around there, I uh, I was doing like a practice vlog or whatever. So I went out with Skylar Hamilton, and uh, he kind of had the same thing happen. He got in a, a little deal that had some cypress or something in it, and he's flipping around and he catches like a pound and a half or two pounder he was super pumped and uh he flips back in there and gets another bite and you know it's like just this little cut and he's like i'm done with the hook he takes the hook off and he shakes off like a dozen like every it was very and he goes back in the tournament catches a bass first thing he said i thought it was it was uh i thought it was done like like i'm gonna smash him yeah Every other fish, he said, everyone he shook off bit, and they were all mudfish. <laughs> one, one bass and a dozen grenel in this area, oh and he God. was just totally screwed. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know what you do on a situation like that where the big bites are so hard to come by. So it's like, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Hey, I caught a couple bass. Don't set the hook on the big ones. I don't know. Next time I'm just going. To there's just them. there's only a few fisheries where that happens though. Yeah. So like down at uh Venice when I I uh rode with Kelly Jordan on the first day of the classic. I think I told this story recently. Maybe I didn't tell it on air. Anyway, I wanted to go with a guy who I knew was going to Venice. That was the year of the radar where everybody 
Like, oh, yeah, put yeah. the radar that was very detrimental to their health directly <laughs> behind their heads on the back, on the nah, back deck. It's worth it. Catch a bass. So anyway, I called Kelly up like three months before the classic. And I was like, hey, you plan on going to Venice? He's like, yeah, I'm going to Venice. And I said, you sure? He's like, yeah, no, it's the only place I'm going to fish in the classic. I said, All right, I'm going to put into Marshall with you for the first day because I just want to do that run. And we're like, you know, see like dolphins on the way down there. It's calm. He gets a tip and it's super foggy. He gets down. He's got this mat that's like probably the size of this two of these tables and that's like he's got an hour to fish basically and he flips in and donk and he sets the hook and it's a bull red oh, and God. like five seconds later the mat's gone <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like he's just standing there like he unhooks it and it's like there's no mat to flip like the mat oh is just God. decimated just chunks this size floating all over and he like that's his that was his classic like he said there were like he said it was every pitch in there like he was catching a three pounder Dude, I mean, what do you do at that point? He go. He he ended up going down one bank of reeds, and he caught 10, 11 pounds. Yeah, and he's like, and we went back, got gas, ran through all the oyster beds, ran back through the ocean, ran back through all the canals, everything, and he like one redfish totally screwed his entire classic. Oh my god! So did he fillet it? No, he oh, wasn't. He was that. not very happy with it, though. I think. But, you know one of those deals where if it's not it's like dude i just like punched a redfish on six oh yeah like, it was it would awesome be epic like yeah. so much fun to do but not in the not in the Bassmaster classic on day yeah. one Whew. all right we're gonna take our first break the show when we come back more oh we're gonna get your bait fuel guy right Heck yeah all right we're gonna get into this bait fuel thing let's go you're Loop pretty, it up. You're, pretty candid. It up. <laughs> you're pretty candid about the uh the technology thing we're gonna we're gonna dive into the sense and the bait fuel after it it's uh btl is today wednesday sure is today wednesday uh, yep wednesday january 10th justin hamner elite series pro in studio we'll be back right after this the new puma sts has been redesigned from the ground up with the angler design function and performance in mind nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Guys, if you're a construction worker, soccer dad, soccer mom, you want to be outdoors, oh, you've seen the Reaper. This right here is the Zip Up Full Reaper, but it's windproof, folks, windproof. And it actually has the mass built in. It's behind me. I mean, if you can look good, feel good, and stay warm, you better check it out. It's the Zip Up Reaper. That's right, windproof. Elite Series Pro, Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about ProGuide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. 
And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. All right, welcome back, BTL on a Wednesday. Justin Hamner in studio. It was about like a 10-hour drive. 10 hours. Yeah. yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. I look at drives differently now. Like, yeah, like... You know, driving across, like, 10 hours is just a, a solid drive. As long as you can make it in a day, I'm good. Yeah. Like, that... I think it's 14 hours. That's the point that starts getting to me. Do you guys... Where you live, is there anywhere... Just the elite north. series goes that's more than 14 hours yeah like uh champlain's like 21 22 really i thought it was closer than that i would have guessed like 12 or 13 yeah but that's really the only bad one. Oh, oahe that was oh, like yeah that, that was, was like a 26 heinous. or 7 that that was a different planet up there do you feel more pressure to do well on events where you're spending way more money and way more time to get up there than you do on ones that are closer to you no no doesn't no. even cross your mind like man no. i'd really Heading really like then. to really <laughs> like to i mean I'm, I'm another couple grand into this one yeah no that doesn't cross my mind i just want to do good in all of them uh, oh, so you're a american baitworks guy yeah which is what is all the through american baitwork stuff halo rods freedom tackle net bait um bait fuel scum frog all right yeah off air like no bs you were i mentioned the bait fuel and i was like i don't know man i've had a i've had a bottle of that stuff i got it when we went up north you know soaked all my stuff and it basically just made it really hard to put on a ned rig (laughs) 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 we're like shooting out of my hands (laughs) you pick it up in the worm just like yeah i couldn't rig anything (laughs) but like Put the bait on. Listen, first. I know you're a sponsored angler by them, which is yeah. what I said. Private, but like off air, yeah. you're pretty candid. Like you have no reason. You've, you know, yeah. you're sold on this stuff. If you knew how much bait fuel me and Patrick used this year, it's dumb. Like we went through bottles and bottles of it. We, we've seen too much stuff. Did it just like this can't be a coincidence anymore? Okay, can, I mean, can you tell some stories? Yeah. All right. Actually, my best story probably. It doesn't even have to do with fish. So, oh God. <laughs> yeah. 
So we were in the bedroom. Right? <laughs> Hand me that bait. Yeah. yeah. No. So, uh, you know, me and Patrick were camping out and grilling steaks. Threw away all the trash, left it out in the trash, like left the trash bag out at the camper. And, of course, raccoon comes in, gets a hold of the trash. I'm not lying to you. That bottle, there was an empty bottle of bait fuel in that trash bag. All that was left was like a little bit of a plastic and then like the head spout, whatever, the white little spout. So you're saying even though we can't smell it or something, nature yeah. can. There was steak. There was like pieces of steak. There was like, you know, thrown away in the, that they didn't eat. Didn't eat. He ate the bait fuel bottle. That okay. blew my mind. Like, so that was when you were like, there might be some connection to. Yeah. I mean, I've sit like, I've obviously I've done the whole deal where like, oh yeah, I wasn't getting as many bites. Oh, I think this helped. Yeah. See, that's like BS. Yeah. Like, it, okay. But the only, like, especially the guys who get paid by bait fuel. Like, yeah, yeah. we're obviously going to say that, but like. There was one time at Pickwick, my marshal, it was pretty funny. So I'm sitting there fishing a ledge, and I mean, obviously I can see them on the panoptics. I'm throwing in there a freaking magnum, trick worm, plum, Mm -hmm. apple, throwing it on this ledge. Could not get them to bite. And I swear to you, this was like right after it came out. I put some on it in the, I caught four in forecast. Now they might have just got fired up then. I don't know, but I swear I'd thrown at them for like 20 minutes, couldn't get them to bite in the very next cast. Freaking catch one. Ended up four in a row. Yeah. That kind of stuff's like happened several times, but that raccoon thing, I think that's what sold me. Uh, here, I'm going to pull this up just for the viewers who aren't uh, totally dialed in on what it is. So it's it's a fish attractant. Yeah. And it doesn't have a smell. It Almost does not have a smell. It's like putting watery Vaseline on your bait. It's KY jelly. It is the viscosity of KY jelly. Yeah, absolutely. As, I mean, I, honestly, I don't think I, I have. It's what I would imagine the viscosity of KY jelly. Oh, okay. like I've never, <laughs> I've never personally. <laughs> You're missing out. <laughs> but I'm just saying, to me, it's like like watery Vaseline. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the whole thing, like, they, the science or whatever, you know, they had all like yeah, the Yeah, well, they came out, they and, had the most, the ultimate uh, marketing deal. They came out with it with the science that's like, even though you can't smell it, the fish can. It's not based yeah. on what it smells like. And then they must have had some coordinated deal. Because I remember everybody all at once was like, I've never caught a fish in my life before I started using bait fuel. Now I'm on the elite <laughs> series. <laughs> like it was, that's the only reason I'm it was the elite a coordinated series. marketing effort. And then like, I, that's why I'm asking you about it. Cause I still have buddies that have no skin in the game that are like bait fuel, bait fuel, bait fuel. But yeah. then I also have buddies and I'm one of those guys. Like I have it in the boat. I can go show you. It's like in my boat right there, but I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm not, not sold on it. I just, yeah, I think it makes my stuff super slimy. It does, but no. All right, this is my perception of it. Try it more for largemouth. I don't know why. Like the smallmouth, yeah, it's cool. Whatever, all the scents up there. I just like finding dumb smallmouth. That's how I catch those. Yeah, like largemouth. Where's that? For real. And then, so 
are you a, a soaker or a guy who just puts a little bit on? Like, are you, are you like, hey, I've got like a the, tournament in a month. I'm going to make sure these worms get nah, a good marinade. I do it like the night before, which now, you know, net bait, like all their products pretty much now come with the bait fuel. That's infused. good. You're learning. You wouldn't have been able to drop that line like yeah. three years ago. You're becoming a true pro before oh, our very God. eyes. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so that they does come make with it bait fuel. So yeah. it's like, infused. it's like actually yeah. already baked into it and like, little trick on that like go ahead and like kind of rough up your worm a little bit because like when it's still brand new before like gets the teeth marks it doesn't like come out and release as good does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. you know like how you see the salt coming out yeah it's the same thing yeah with the berkeley stuff with the max sound like how it gets kind of roughed up and then it seems to work a little bit better huh yeah i I don't know i feel like i've had more success with largemouth night before yeah, the night before. If you do it too long, it like it's it's Zoom. I guess it's it probably pink. the worst. It, it starts to swell because it is that water based. Um, but also, I think that's one of the reasons it's good. It's because it is that water based. All right, I'll have to give it another shot. Science available at omniafishing.com nine ninety nine. I don't know if I if I have a code, a BTL code for Omnia this year. Probably should check on that kind of behind on some 2024 stuff oh yeah it snuck up on me this year like snuck up i'm on the me worst so on codes fast. you give me a code i'm not oh trust me i do a show <laughs> for a living yeah. and i've got codes for all these i i'm i like maybe we'll give them like once a year <laughs> <laughs> occasionally one of the marketing guys code, would be like hey, write it down <laughs> hey like uh can we try can we try to promote that code a little bit like to save the guys some money <laughs> You know, that's what I've been like selling people on the Bass Tank Academy. Yeah. This guy's like, dude, have you used the code? And it was like, have a code. Are like, you doing uh, content for that? Yeah. That's what I'm, we're going to do some of that this afternoon. And then tomorrow, once my boat gets rigged, we're going to do some in depth, like how I dial on it. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of Scott's kind of pet project this year. You yeah. know, obviously the Bass Tank rigging sales of all the electronics, but the Bass Tank Academy, and he's been in and talked about it. Uh, numerous times in the process Scott of building much. Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> you could ask Scott how to turn on a unit and 18 minutes Three later, you, under, you understand <laughs> the like electrical circuit board behind it as to why the unit turns on when you hit the on button. And you're like, I just want to know how to turn it on. Yeah. Scott. But at the same time, I feel like that's what makes it so good. Yeah. That's what makes it good. But uh, he's building a database using uh, what you Gleason. Yeah. Tyler. Anderson from Tyler's Real Fishing, Scott, a bunch of the technology experts. Yeah. Uh, and just like other guys that just use it all the time. You know, that's what I feel like it's going to be good just because it it's going to be like two Especially sides once of the thing. Once it's a complete library and you guys get to put yeah. all the tips and tricks in there. Uh, but uh, I wish I could record to- how many hours like I've spent with LiveScope. Is there a way to find that out? Like how many hours? He- no, yeah, because... Like- it it's kind of like fishing like you look at motor hours and if you put like i'd say 300 hours on a motor in a year you're like yeah you really 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 fished yeah but then you have to extract that 300 hours that the motor was running so you weren't like fishing that time like that's when you're idling so it's probably the same because your unit's on for 15 hours a day yeah i'd like to have like a total number of hours i've spent staring at that stupid screen have you did you fish anything last year that didn't involve some sort of looking at live scope 
looking at him? Like, was there any? I don't think there's any situations anymore where you can fully say that you can't use live scope. Who uses it the least on the Elite Series? Is it John Cox? Yeah, because he don't have it. Oh, he still doesn't even have it? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty certain he still. But um, Lee Livesey doesn't. He's, he's pretty hardcore against it. And Cobb. Cobb hates it. Really? We got into so many debates about Cobb, that. See, that's weird because I know Cobb's a shallow water, look at him, dot yeah. guy, that yeah. type of thing. But you would think, especially in the Carolinas, like it's damn near impossible to fish out there now without yeah. without it. And yeah. he still hates dominant. it. Hates it. Really? Does he hate it from day one or he just hates it because his stuff isn't as effective and guys are now... Oh no, he he hates the his deals, the whole aspect of taking the fishing out of fishing. Like whatever that deal. Huh. You'll have to argue. Do you with guys him sit around that. and like drink beer and argue over this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Like get yeah. heated, like yelling at each other in the him, house just him and Patrick were like fired up. So you've got like one of the most staunch anti scopers and like the two biggest probably <laughs> pro scopers. Yeah. Where's where's LaHue sit on it? Is he like in the middle? Doesn't care. He's even pretty uh, laid back. Uh, he, he's so laid back. I love Shane. Yeah, he's the quietest dude. But once you get him talking, it's hilarious. But no, he's he's full scope, and that's what's funny about him and Cobb working together is like mm -hmm. Cobb hates it. So when Shane's like trying to explain like, oh, this is it, but at the same time, if you saw like the last couple tournaments, that was the first two tournaments that, or St. Clair was the first time Cobb turned on his forward facing sonar and then wow. he, he was leading aoy at that point mm -hmm. yeah but then he's like stupidly good with it was it you telling me that did we have this in a was this on a show i've done so many i can't remember was this off air where you were talking about them was it world of warcraft or what game they played that patrick didn't play but Cobb oh yeah played apex it? what yeah apex have you told that story live on air I don't, I don't that was the so. deal where you were saying like dude patrick's a freak show because oh, yeah. he learned this game and it really pissed Cobb off that he got yeah, good at it, it real it quick because how good it was, what, was like, that, what was that deal because that was your way of talking about how good patrick walters got with live scope because he just like picks up that frequency of technology or something yeah everything patrick does is like whenever he if he hones in on something, like it's all in until he figures it out, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't talk to him for like two months near about it, I think, this winter because he was deer hunting like 24 hours a day. I feel like I got you. Like, he gets so dialed in and wants to learn every aspect of every little thing and like just goes above and beyond. But what was that video game that Cobb is yeah, really I think good it's at? It's called Apex. Like, and then Walters picked it up and was beating him like within a no, month. no, he wasn't beating him. Now Cobb is like ridiculously good, but Cobb got mad just by how good he got so quickly. That's the same thing as Scott. Yeah, but he he definitely still couldn't beat Cobb. Uh it's no no surprise that you are uh, known for what you can do with a jerk bait. In fact, on your Bassmaster profile, your signature technique. Is listed as jerk bait and live scope. Oh, thank. Have you? I did it before. It was cool. What is now that? What does cool, that mean? I, I don't know. Jerk bait's been my thing like way before live scope ever like, came out. 
Hank Cherry, Kelly J, that type of stuff. Yeah, like that. Greg Vinson. There's like a bunch of kind of closet that. jerk baiters. That yeah. sounds weird to say. <laughs> that sentence. <laughs> Sitting over there in the closet with bait fuel. Uh, what but, got? you know, the guys who keep them in the boat year round, whether mm -hmm. it's a old school rogue, a mega bass, something like that, that they're catching them in May, June, July, September, October, November, yeah. when all the rest of the guys don't have it. So you were considered yourself a a jerk bait yeah aficionado before no life even existed no doubt and i was like that's i feel like that's why for me at least the live scope deal took off so quickly with me was that was already the fish i was chasing that's how i you know have done good all my life is like trying to find that different deal nobody else is doing and that's suspended fish i love suspended fish and that's what I was targeting way before LiveScope ever come out. And then LiveScope comes out and I can see him. It's no brainer. But uh Brian said it's called Apex Legends. It's kind of like Fortnite. Okay. That's the game. I don't play video games. So. Yeah, neither do I. I played uh Sonic the Hedgehog. My cousin got me a used Sega Genesis for nice. Christmas one year. I played Sonic the Hedgehog like maybe ten times, and that's my extent. Crushed it. Um all right. Are you willing to divulge some trade secrets with jerk baits on this thing or is that something you kind of keep close to the vest no i'm good all right what makes a good live scope jerk bait casting distance okay that's huge like yeah you want it to have good action but you want to be able to cast i don't know that that's probably my biggest thing if i can I like to set that live scope like 120, 130, and I need a jerk bait that I can reach them at like 110, 120. Holy cow. So that's a freaking, that's a cast. Yeah. Like an, like a good cast is 75 days. I want to bomb it. Why? You get more time. Stay like, away why? from them. The amount of fish, that's what's, especially as more and more people are using live scope, the amount of fish that will bite. Or commit to your bait versus like past 70 foot versus the ones that you hit like closer to set. Does that make sense? I like mean, 70 foot to zero. Yeah. Sorry. So 70 foot to zero, like the chances of them biting goes down so dramatically. Because the boat or because of the what they're hearing or feeling with the electronics or because I, the I think it's just the boat. I mean, like these fish are getting more and more pressure. They know what a boat is. They get they know you're there if i can get to those fish without them knowing i'm there i'm drastic difference drastic between a fish difference. following it or acting somewhat interested in yeah. a fish just going like you, you'll notice like they don't come up and like oh you know come up oh he almost bit it go back down all that stuff it's just like oh there he goes just immediately hits it so you want a bait that has like a weight transfer system, something that doesn't Absolutely. roll, something that you can bomb. You'll take that over minute action differences any day of the week. Yeah, all day. So do you throw it on really light line then? 12. So you still throw it on 12. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not throwing it on eight to get more casting distance. Absolutely, because I want to boat flip like anything under four pounds. We boat flipping. 
Okay, so so the that twelve whole, isn't like to keep the bait up or sub action. No, it's literally so you can crank like and flip. Ten pound, you obviously you get better action out of ten pound. You could probably throw it a little bit further. I want a boat flip. Uh, if I ask any questions that are too personal, just let me know. We can go a different route. Bill, shape. There's like the one ten. Yeah. There's the the Spro plus twos like the. All of the brands have a deep diver versus that. Are you so? This is something I like. I did keep close to me for a long, long time. Um, Patrick let it out of the bag on a wired fish video. Appreciate that, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the oh, sorry, the longer bill. I really, really like the longer bills, like really? your plus ones or whatever, like the Yozuri deep diver, that longer bill for fishing around wood because now i have a bait with that longer bill it deflects off of the wood okay so like, it has nothing to do with getting the bait deeper quicker it has to no, do with being no. able to fish it in wood yeah yeah really that was tough for me to tell that's a good it turns into like a square bill almost at that point because whenever you feel that wood don't keep like you know when your line's starting to come up on like a tree yeah you feel the limb you start to feel that don't jerk again that's when you can just like slowly pull and it just rolls right over and then you go back to jerking so now you got essentially a square bill crankbait through a lay down that suspends in it yeah that i shouldn't have said that that makes a lot of sense <laughs> open water nothing around are you going with the standard lip over a deep diver i've just there's some guys that swear by the action of just the shorter lip as opposed to the deep diver uh, being able to keep it high. You're, you're equal opportunity. I, I keep the deep diver on 90 to 95% of the time. The deep diver. So yep. the plus one, the Yozuri. Yep. What's the Yozuri deep diver called? It's 3DB. Deep. 3DB. Deep. Yep. 3DB deep. Yep. But so I don't know why, but we don't like advertise it much, but there's a hardcore, which is like Yozuri's. I guess Japanese brand, they make a 130. It's the dual hardcore minnow 130 SP. Duo, D-U-O? Dual. Yep. That's that Northport, Alabama accent. Dual. <laughs> well, they make a duo Reality Jerkbait too. Yeah. That looks freaking awesome. Dual. Hardcore. That'll be an interesting search result. Dual hardcore. Dual hardcore 3D. No, no, that one's just the hardcore minnow. Okay. The Yozuri is 3DB. The dual hardcore minnow 70? 130. Oh, the 130. If you're wanting casting distance, it's got like two giant tungsten weight transfer balls. That's the one you can the get flat? out there. No, that's the minnow flat. They got yeah, a bunch one. of jerk baits, bro. Yeah. A lot of it's like you guys can look that up. Yeah, the flat minnow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, this is the ninety-five. Yeah, they got ninety-five, one ten, and a one thirty. Anyways, you—that's the one you can bomb. Okay. Just because of the weight transfer. Yeah, it's so heavy. Yeah, like super heavy. Uh. 
But it only thing I don't like, it doesn't have the deep diamond bill. Oh, no, that was the right but, one then. Oh, that one says floating, but you want one that's suspended. Yeah, don't get the floating. <laughs> that some gun floats. <laughs> I, like, I wasn't ready, but I was like expecting it a little bit slower float. It's like a cork. It just hook wise, are you changing everything out? Yeah. I don't I'm not sure what to do on that. Like, especially on so like on my mixed sticks, I like how you can keep that bait up. I'll put a five on the front just because that's what Mike McClellan does or four on the front and that, the extra split ring. Um, but when it comes to the other, like a mega bass, like I'm not going to pretend that we don't all throw mega bass too. Yeah. Uh, I struggle as far as like being afraid that I'm getting that sucker out of weight by adding different hooks to it. Like, what are you doing hook wise as for a depth uh, I, action and B hookup ratio. So hookup ratio to me is, the most important um but at the same time if you screw up the action you're not gonna get bit i don't know i have i use number sixes but i immediately immediately change those mega bass hooks out you don't like the out barbs no for one if you get hooked by them good luck <laughs> good luck <laughs> have you been buried by a dude it sucks so many times you got one yeah. past the barb with an out barb oh yeah like three do? times just rip it, oh, grip it and rip on, it. Dude. There's nothing you can oh, do. Man. It sucks. Cause you can't do the line trick because that actually bears yeah, it deeper. It just goes deeper. That's I've like, always wondered that with like the little EWGs, like those would have to be hard to get out. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I haven't got stuck by EWG. The, I've got a Remember when Kevin picture? put that big giant mustache through his palm at uh, yeah. Toledo Bend? Yeah. <laughs> that was an EWG. I got a picture I need to send you. So when the striking 10 xds like first came out was the deal um i boat flipped like a three and a half pounder and when i boat flipped it it came off and so like the whole catapult deal from the rod being bent the 10 xd shoots up and it went inside my nose Ooh. i don't know what size hook that is was it like a one-off yeah but it like I don't know how it perfectly did it, but it went up into my nose and like hit that hard part back up in oh, there. Come on, dude. So ever since then, it's like, did it go past the bar? Oh yeah. Yeah. Get it out. Oh, I had to go to the doctor. Like I tried pulling right it. Yeah. Pull it up. We'll show it. Yeah. It was, it was rough. Were you by yourself? Like, no, my dad was with me. What and, did he say? Oh, he was just he freaking just, out. He was you like, couldn't see it. Like he just looked at you and went, you like you immediately knew it was bad. I mean, because I tried to like pull it immediately, and like the adrenaline's still going. You don't like feel the pain, I guess yet. So I start like trying to pull it, and then I grab pliers and like try to pull it. Sorry to get gross, but like the inside of my nose starts like cartilage. Yeah, he's like pulling it out. I'm like, all right, that ain't that ain't gonna happen. So yeah, we uh, had to go to the doctor. The worst part of it all, though, when they go to like numb it. Dude, they have to put the needle in the same hole where the hook was already at. They had to like hold me down. Pull that picture up. Yeah. I don't care how long it takes to find it. We're going to show that. Clint said that's a spine crawling story. I'm sorry, Everybody guys. Here's giving the, the throwing up <laughs> emoji. <laughs> like half the people just tuned out. Yeah. 
live scope and uh, gore. We're just in it straight for the views this morning. <laughs> talking. Throw a little bait fuel yeah. lube in there. We'll talking about it. other anglers, talking about bait fuel, live scope. And... Y'all want to throw in some Randy Blockett? Yeah. We watched some Randy Blockett last we night. We did. It's pretty good. What was that one thing he said? Mm-hmm. What was that one thing he said last night that you got such a kick out of? I couldn't remember. Oh yeah, the the guys that cut him off. <laughs> oh like... yeah, that video <laughs> where he's like, uh, you know, you gotta be careful, you know, approaching guys who cut you off. He goes, because they could just pull out a nine millimeter and blow you away. <laughs> and I was like, dang, that escalated kind of quickly, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I mean, that went from like, you know, hey man, like I'm fishing um, this bank to just like you're in pieces floating around the lake. <laughs> I mean, that's how hard it, I mean, it went from zero to a hundred, like oh, instantly. Man. And I'm like, yeah, that honestly, that thought's never even crossed my never mind. Has. Late. He's like, you don't know how unstable these people are out there. Like, but you know, they point. could just, they could just pull a <laughs> nine millimeter out and blow you into pieces. Oh, my that's God. what I did. I did. We were sitting there watching. I just turned to you and I go, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, uh, you getting close yeah. to finding it? Yeah. I think I'm in the right year. How long like, ago was it? Right when the six X or ten X these came out. So you haven't you either back up your phone or you haven't dropped one in the lake. I back them up. <laughs> Waves, currents, and ice says, yeah, not that many people are outright murderous. <laughs> it's just like immediately think the worst. Hey, did you cut me off? <laughs> I always joke with or either they do that, uh Dateline 2020, where there's that one guy's like, now when most people find a body in their house, they call the police. But uh, you didn't do that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Keith, is it Keith Morrison who does that? I can see that now when most people get cut off, they just yell at the guy and move on with their lives. But uh, you didn't do that, <laughs> did you? <laughs> nope. All right. Uh, we got to take one more break. So we'll take All a right. final break of the show. I'll That'll find give it. You time the break. To scroll and yeah, find it. And we're back. Uh, when we come back from the break, Justin Hamner with a 10x D hook up his nose. It's BTL <sighs> on a Wednesday. We'll be back right Nobody's after. coming back. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year, catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, 
which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got sparkle shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. All right, welcome back BTL on a Wednesday. Talking with Justin Hamner in studio and for the last two and a half minutes, I've been furiously scrolling through your phone trying to find a... He's in one of these albums. But trying to find a 10XD that you put up your nostril. Uh, let me look up the 10XD. Now, was that a replacement hook on that? No, that was just stock. Okay. Big old barb. Let's go to uh, Omnia. Look up the old 10XD crankbait. All right, let's add that. Let's see if it says uh, what it comes with. What the 10XD, what hook the 10XD comes with. Oh, there it is. Oh, one second. We got to figure out what hook this is. Hold on. It's on a 10XD. Uh, they are number ones, not one aughts. So it so that probably screwed you because a one aught, you have a fairly normal looking nose to me. Like you don't have an abnormally large schnoz. So a one aught probably wouldn't have <laughs> made its way in there, but a number one was perfect for it all right yeah. i gotta show this to the camera then we might be i sent it after. oh you sent it to me yeah i sent it to you okay i didn't know if you could like upload it or something oh my gosh that doesn't even look like you dude i told you this was a long time ago all right i gotta show that i mean just show the camera instead of spend all the time doing that Let's see okay oh yeah it's up in there and I think like at this time it was like probably flip phones. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the picture quality probably ain't the best. No, there you go. <laughs> so you're laying down at this point. Yeah. And you realize it did it didn't like pierce the outside. Mm -hmm. It was like in the cartilage on the yep. inside of the schnoz. Yep. Didn't come out, nothing. It was like the best part was like so we go to the hospital, you know, my dad takes me to the hospital. I'm sitting there in the waiting room and I have a 10 XD just like holding it up on the side of my face. And, uh, there's this little old lady, probably 90 years old. She just looks at me, she said, catch any fish. It's like, yes, ma'am. It was pretty good before that. And you, you had it like holding it. Up. Oh yeah. I was like literally holding it on the side and of my where face was this? at the hospital in no, what location? Oh, Wheeler. Uh, no, actually Wilson. Okay, so they were used to people coming in with hooks and all. Oh, sorts they of actually weird had places. like a little, like, mat thing, like a shadow box on the wall with all the different hooks that they've taken out. And, uh, but no, I wouldn't let them have it because they were freaking wrecking that thing. So did we you had guys like go two. back on the lake? Oh yeah, yeah. Right after that, cracked them. How did they get the actual like barb out? They had to like actually cut it, like so. They had like the scaffold and had to like 
cut around it to slide it out. Yeah. So I put, I think, I don't think I've showed this photo. I don't know if I can even find it. Oh, we're going. We're going to go there. We're going. Uh, so we were on Lake Louisville. Would have been 2007 when you were like six years old. Dude, I'm How old 32. Were you in 2000? Oh, yeah. I guess you're not that much yeah, younger than come me. On. Um, I just look sis. Someone, uh, Clint wants to know what that hook smelled like. Uh, <laughs> smell like that three pounder's throat. Hold on, I gotta find my photos here. I'm on, I get on Facebook maybe once every three months. So, okay, there we go. Photos. Uh, so I'm fishing with uh, Jordan Nichols, who now runs like the largest. I think he's Camus and Ranger still dealer in Oklahoma, Nichols Marine. And, uh, It's Louisville, so it goes without saying that anything over three pounds deserves Giant. a hug and a high five. Yep. And so he catches it, no problem. We go up there. I go up to give him a high five and a hug, and he is in the middle of a windmill cast with a spitting image. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's funnier, that or the spitting image. Probably make so many memories with that. <laughs> yep. I mean, like a windmill cast with a spitting image. He's going for the dog. And uh, I got to find this thing. I got to find it. All right. Now we're going to spend seven more minutes watching Matt scroll through his phone. Okay. Here it is. <laughs> I found it. And uh, it. So one of the treble hooks goes through the cartilage of my ear and pins into my head oh. past the barb. And the bottom one, like the feather treble, goes into my ear canal and past the barb. Follow? So I've got yeah. it. Yeah, oh, I got you. I've got it pinned twice. And all these guys are like, uh, so it's uh it's uh Jeff Crete is there because it's like the college national championship okay. wade middleton and kelly jordan and we're like less than a mile from the boat ramp you're just trying to impress them so i look at jordan because it's completely numb right like it just went it just went <laughs> that's the last thing i know and i know it's stuck there and i look at him and i'm like is it bad and he's just like he does like a, I vividly remember he goes, <laughs> but it wasn't like a, that's funny laugh. It was like, a, oh my God, he's so screwed. Laugh. <laughs> you, know, you know, one of those laughs that's not good. The laughing to keep from crying. And I said, what should we do? He goes, we're going back. So we idle in and they're like, what's wrong? And it was like, I got the whole sequence here. I think I've told this story one time before. It was one of those where as soon as, it was one of the deals where it's like, hey, everybody, come look at how bad this guy screwed. You know what yeah. I mean? He's either got a 13-pounder like, or something good. Like, it's like, you got to look at this. Get over here. So this first photo, it's a lineup of people to look at how screwed I am with this spitting image in my ear. So You never want to be the guy that's like looking, the one everybody's looking at. So there's that photo. That's a line of three I, guys I waiting see. to see. Okay. That's Kelly oh. and Crete right there, right? And then uh, 
Mike Mike Hawks. Does that make sense? That's a Texas name, I think. So he tried to get it out first, and he just started oh, like yanking on the ear. Your face right there. That that face looks phenomenal. So he's trying to get it out of out of the ear like that. And not, then not that didn't work. work. And so at about that time, the camera crew showed up. <laughs> so Wayne Middleton was like, we gotta get this. Yeah, so, so here he is. And then if you scroll over. So here I am, my big moment, you know, no cameras, and it's Jeff Cree and Kelly Jordan commenting on how screwed this kid from Oklahoma <laughs> is. While uh, while Mike Hawks like rips on my ear, and then uh, what ended up happening was uh, here I'll zoom in on it a little bit more so you can see this. So this is it. You can see the top hook through the cartilage in the ear, and then the bottom hook in the ear canal. Oh yeah. That sucks. Yeah. That's why it reminded me when you set up the nose. Mm. So what ended up happening was they pulled, they ended up having to pull the hook out of the head with pliers and then cut it. So then I had it out of the top part of the ear, the cartilage yeah. of the ear, could cut it past the barb and just backed it out. And uh, no, I, was, I think I want to say it was Mike Hawks, H-A-W-K-E-S. Let me see if that. Yeah. Mike Hawks from Texas. He was really freaking good in that area. He probably still is good. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. Uh, so then the bottom one, they line tricked. Oh. And lucky. then we went back fishing. Yeah. Are you going to have to put like one of those like viewer discretion advised on this? No. No. <laughs> But anyway, that was my like how you end up with a yeah with a number four treble hook in the ear canal. But it was like a full like one of those you know. Oh, and I mean I just remember it just going <laughs> like just <laughs> sticking, no bounce. Yes. Like, have you ever been like punched in the face? No. Like when you get punched in the face, everything just like you don't you don't feel it. Like it just okay. goes. You're just like. Something I'll just take your word on yeah, that one. It just it stuns you like you don't feel it. I have. I mean, I played hockey for so long. I could just oh, it's yeah. bound to happen I've occasionally. Never I've never fight. never been in a bar fight. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the fun story. That was phenomenal. We went I always have a fear of like sitting on like a a vixen or a spook. Oh, and, I did that to the back and of my leg, sticking myself to the freaking seat <laughs> while you're out by yourself. Oh. I haven't thought about that. Don't do that. Yeah, that one's kind of like a little bit of a fear of mine. I did do like that just right the through the leg. cheek, and then you get it through that freaking fiber on the seat, and then I mean, like, how do you do that? You can't see it. You can't move. Uh, and you don't want to tear up the seats, and you don't want to rip the cheek. I'd rip the cheek. You'd be in quite the pickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. Uh, Let's Talk wrap things up with some, with some basic <laughs> uh, basic podcast questions. You looking forward to Grand? Oh, I can't wait. Grand is one of those lakes that, like, even when I was a kid, just seeing it, how it sets up and how it fishes, like, 
it it feels like my home lake. Like I don't know the whole every every way it sets up. I love it. Boat docks, like the rock transitions, that whole deal. Shallow wood, brush piles. I love all that. You think Hank Cherry would have won that? Uh, would have won that classic if he changed the out barbs out. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, dude. That fish was huge. Do you remember watching that? Yeah. So that they showed that slow motion replay like thirteen times that day. Were you a jerkbait guy then? Even oh yeah, that was yeah. the one that Cliff Pace won. Yeah. So it would have been twenty thirteen. So it'd have been a decade ago. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. But yeah, like that tournament because like one of my favorite ways. To, other than jerkbait is like finesse jigs. So I don't know. That might be the tournament that like really made me like Grand Lake. It is good. All right. Uh, you're headed back up to the Bass Tank tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, to do some content for everything. Yeah. But for the Bass Tank the Academy. Academy. Yeah. I'll put the link to the Bass Tank Academy. So I get that royalty. No, use yeah. my use no, my first. No, no, no. You're on this show. We're getting I'm getting I'm getting that, get a little that high end royalty check. So what do I get for coming on the show? Yours get your sponsored by the bass tank. That's like part of your job. You're promoting it. All right, just put both of ours up and then we'll see who's well maybe gets if you got more. on it and got a YouTube channel, you could put the link on your channel. I have a YouTube channel. Oh, you do? Yeah. I just only have three videos from twelve years ago. What do you have up on there? Nothing. Yet, yet, I'm what working it? on it. Justin Hammer fishing. I think I have like a drop shot video for. I tell you, I look up Justin Hammer fishing. I don't even see it. See you show up. Yeah. Oh, there it is, right there. Yeah. Oh my God, you have 79 subscribers. We gotta work on this. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Was it two videos? Oh, you have a logo, like the little deal with the. H? Oh yeah, yeah. Is that still your logo? Yeah. Oh. Having on one of my cups. Yeah. Yeah. You got to help me out on this whole branding thing. I'm horrible at it. Like I said, I don't even have a uh, There's Instagram BTL or everything. a Facebook for BTL. I do okay, my you Instagram. Do need that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I do my Instagram and the website. Yeah. Because I've, I've never been the guy to like really put myself out there. I'm just yeah. worried about oh, fishing. No, we're we're going to go for a little bit longer. Pete just asked, answered, asked a question. Oh. Let's hear it, Pete. Didn't you fish with Hillary Martin at the Team USA Bassin Championship? Yeah. Yes, I did. All right. So you want to talk about someone who has their branding down? Like, uh, obviously, the whole Martin family, starting with the patriarch Roland, but then with what Scott does and then what Hillary does. Is she as good as she comes across in all of her videos? Like, she seems like she knows her. Dude, I, I've never met her. She seems like she, like, knows how to bass fish. Like, it surprised me. I don't know. Maybe I sound bad no, for saying I'm, it surprised me, but it did surprise me. She's eight. I think she's 18. So anytime you're going to yeah, fish like, with someone that's that young, that's just fished high school, you're going to have certain expectations. But she seems like she like, like girl dots her eyes and crosses her T's, like knows how to bass fish. Yeah. Girl or not, like 18 years old was legit, mm -hmm. like actually legit. Now, there were some things like when we started fishing offshore, like. She hadn't done as much. Oh, of. yeah, she's from Clewiston, Florida. Obviously, yeah. But when we like went up shallow and I was like skipping the toad and everything, she was like right there with me. She was throwing, you know, like a regular hollow body, mm -hmm. skipping up under bushes, like under docks, no problem. I think she's freaking cracks them on the, the next set. five years. 
She should. Because she's doing the college thing. I think oh, she's yeah. going to be a force to be yeah. reckoned with. She's good. That was fun. Like the best that, part of that whole U.S. like championship deal was every morning I'd be like, try to get down there early because Roland would be like the first one down there eating breakfast at the really? hotel. So you just like pull a chair up next to Roland oh, and be like, what's up, dude? Every morning just sitting there listening to Roland Martin stories. I mean, I would be rolling on the floor. He's got it. Endlessly. It was, that was bar none. That was the best part. That whole experience, you think it's underrated? Like just as far as how much publicity it gets here in America? For sure. I don't know why, but like, like the Venezuela people coming over that like don't even have bass and then like finishing third, like, dude. That was such a big deal to them, and it's like it's it is kind of weird how it's pretty much nothing to us. I don't get it. It's it's hard to. I mean, I try to cover it on BTO and follow it, but uh, it'd be nice to get you know everyone behind it. How'd you end up on that team? Um, Scott. Okay. Yeah, Scott was like, "Hey, you're because Hillary started going to university." Okay. Alabama. Yeah. I'm from Tuscaloosa. Worked at the university for before I started fishing. So they wanted that like whole university time. Did you do the Alabama lawn? Yeah. Like the University of Alabama. Like you worked on the grounds. Yeah. yeah. That's what I did for like six years before. Did you sign more autographs as the groundskeeper in Alabama or as an Elite Series pro now? Because I know how they do. treat that. I know how they treat that that the hollowed ground over there. All they would do is just like walk by and throw a beer can at me. Cause like during game days, I was like the guy running around on the golf carts, picking up all the trash. Really? Oh yeah. I was the man. Yeah. Did that. You didn't know my whole story on that. No. Oh dude. I need like another podcast for that. I suffered. (laughs) I mean, I knew you did. I know that guys call you cricket. Uh, yeah, that was just terrible. That's your nickname. He That's tried to make Gleason that my nickname. Said, and because I'm, he said I'm you, rebelling it. <laughs> you're rebelling it? Where do you like the ham bone? Ham daddy? Hamner? Cricket? I don't know. Everybody just calls me Hamner. Hamner. Yeah. Okay. A quick question. Should I do like, is it cheesy if I did like Hammer Time as my walkout song? Because <sighs> like Mercer started doing the whole do Hamner Time mm-hmm. deal. Need some honest feedback there. I mean, you room with the guy who comes out to Baby Shark. That's because he's too lazy to pick his own songs. <laughs> that, I, that I, I don't know. I think you could do a you could do a poll on that to see what the fans think. Yeah, all seventy eight of my YouTube subscribers. Nick saying do it, Hamner time. I mean, it would be it would be fitting. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, you could also go into like uh, iTunes or Spotify and like look up songs that have the words like hammer in it. Yeah. There could be like another rock song or something. Uh, they're saying if you do the ham hamner time, you got to wear parachute pants this year. See, I was already, I already got those. Do you really? What? Yeah. No, you don't. For the classic. Yes. Come up wearing the MC hammer pants to, out to ha- hammer time. you think I could pull that off? Yeah, you could pull that off. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, oh, cool in-studio guest tomorrow. If you guys haven't watched, uh, 
we're doing five days a week BTL Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, well, tomorrow's th- tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah. So we got Frank tomorrow, but I'm recording with my buddy Big JP, who is a guide up on Thousand Islands and the surrounding lakes in Ontario. Works a little bit with Travis. Incredible personality. He's like six eight. I, I don't know. We might have to cut the desk out so he fits. <laughs> we fit Hallman in here. Uh, but he is going to be in studio for Friday's day five. We'll record it tomorrow. Nice. And then uh, actually we'll have to record it tonight because he's in town yeah. to work in Tulsa. So I got to go pick him up. We're going to come back. Then all of us. Challenge to an arm wrestling. We're going to go to the, the Brazilian steakhouse. Get this. Brazilian steakhouse. Five star. Less than 10 miles from the house. Less than $50 a plate. All you can eat. Sushi. Uh, oysters, raw oysters on the half shell, seared uh, ahi tuna, the works, like everything you could imagine. And then 12 different cuts of meat served Brazilian steakhouse style. They come by, they shave it off for you. Like three different fillets. Yeah. It's, I'm ready. I mean, it's, it's like 48 bucks for the whole thing, including the salad bar. That's hard to beat. Yeah. It's like you, you go to like a Texas down. Day Brazil. You're like a hundred something, man. Easy. Are they gonna like turn JP down? He <laughs> no. like rolls in there six. It's like no, no. Oysters in Oklahoma him. seem kind of suspect. Uh, they're fresh. I've never had any issue with them. I usually usually get a couple yeah. dozen down. I'm definitely gonna let what you handle them. What is the oyster rule? What months are you supposed to eat oysters in? Something with the whole R. Uh. Oysters are safe to eat only in months that contain the letter R in the name. Yep. January. Yeah. Hell yeah, we're running a trip. Yeah, it's like the whole. Tonight. I think it's like the colder, colder weather doesn't get all the bacteria. No, they do not give birth certificates for the cow that you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me fire up some music, dude. I appreciate it coming yeah. to the studio. I had a great time. This was a, this was a fun show, man. This was fun. <laughs> it was all over the road. No, that's that's what the best shows are. Like I said, uh, I did the uh, I did the Juice podcast yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure when that'll come out, but those are some guys down in East Texas, and we got kind of got off on the rails on that one. And uh, they're like, "Man, this wasn't really what we had in mind, but it was awesome." That's what they said Fun. before, and I said, "Man, those are the best shows where you kind of go in and I mean, I'd written like keywords down." Bait like, fuel. So you want to know? No, this is these are my notes for today's show. Bait fuel, classic sponsors, jerk bait, American Bait Works, Clint Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Davis one is my favorite. I'm gonna have to get him on the show. You gotta now. talk to him. I will. Dude, I love Can you put that. in a good word? Yeah, for sure. He doesn't strike me I'll as a podcast right listener. Yeah, dude, he's like. He's got layers. I'll leave the rest for him, but he's got layers. All right. Yeah. Ask him about like his old. He's big in the stock market. Is he really? Yeah. Dude's an onion. Uh, did you see where? Uh, uh, who's running? He's running the E Trade boat. Kyle Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Running an E Trade rap. That's legit. Yeah. The E trade. Yeah. Yeah. I need to. I've been trying to get Milo's. Like the sweet the tea. Sweet tea. Yeah. Need so I put on that. a hard, hard full court press on Bucky's, which I feel like too many guys have gone after Bucky's already. 
if it was going to happen, it would have happened. Yeah. And so uh, I'm still a big proponent of Bucky's, but then I found Wally's, which is <laughs> which is like Bucky's, but has more of a, a family vac- it has a more of a family vacation theme style to them. And instead of okay. specializing in brisket, they specialize in fresh popcorn. Same deal though, like a thousand gas station pumps, yeah. giant Wally's. You walk in, it's like holiday. Is it, is it a Wally? I mean, it's just like all neon signs. They've got their own beef jerky, the whole nine yards. Is it a Wally's? No. Oh. Uh, I don't know what their mascot is. Wally. Wally. Yeah. Wally. W a missed an opportunity. L l y. Uh, so then I tried to get on the Wally's bandwagon. Uh. That hasn't happening? gone very well either. No. <laughs> <laughs> but there's only like three of those locations. So, all right. This has been another edition of BTL Bass Talk Live. Same place, same time tomorrow. Justin Hamner, thanks for jumping in studio. Thanks. Greatly appreciated. We'll talk to everyone tomorrow. Later.